Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. Well, good evening. How is everybody? Good, good. I got the lights off so I can't see when you're sleeping. <laughs> There's some duct tape for ties complaining about going to church twice in a day. <laughs> now, always fun to be up here. Um, it's always fun to to get to share what God's put on my heart here lately. Um, as I mean lately, like two hours ago, that's kind of when I wrote this. So um, do what you want with that. But but kind of kind of got me, the idea started whenever my dogs kind of ran off this afternoon. I had to go looking for them. But uh, anyways, I kind of just reinforced the story that I wanted to tell about uh, some of my dogs. And if you've been around my dogs, um, they work great, really good, really, really sound, listen really well. Um, they don't bark or anything. They don't run anything off. Um, they don't bite anything. And, yeah, like, again, like they listen, they listen really well. So, um, which is not the case, uh, especially when they're fresh. But anyways, uh, <laughs> Julian Ryan saw that firsthand today as I was gathering off Highway 24. So that was a lot of fun. But anyways, I remember one morning, um, I don't remember when this was. I think it might have been, it was last year, but we had a set of cows at the house and we were fixing to precondition them. And uh, Ty was like, hey, can you get them cows gathered up before we get there? And and we'll just get rolling because we got a lot of other stuff to do tomorrow. And so I was like, oh, yeah, sure, I'll just go out. And this is a little group of cows. We'll gather them. No big deal. So I load my dog up in the morning, and these cows are literally right by the little trap. I need them to – I got a little lane that goes into the pens, and they're literally all right there. I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. I can see them from the house. And uh, I was like, oh, this is going to be perfect. They're going to go right in. This ain't going to take nothing. And uh, so anyways, instead of, like, running my dog for five miles before I work him – like I usually do to get them to listen really well. Um, I just hopped him in the truck, and we away we went because it was going to be good. My dog works good, and I know he works good. So, <clears throat> anyways, we get up there, and and uh, I tell my dog, okay, all right, okay, you can get out the pickup. And then the other dog, he doesn't work at all, so I just keep him in the back, and he just yips and barks and everything while everything runs off. Foreshadow. Um, anyways, so I get this dog, and uh, his name's Mac, so I tell him, Mac, away, away. Away, away. All right. He goes bye-bye. <laughs> Not even away, away. No, away, away. I don't get mad. I don't get mad and scream at my dogs anymore. Um, <laughs> anyways, he, he keeps going bye-bye, and then he and then whenever I tell him, keep telling him away, away, he, that turns from bye-bye to get a holt really quick. And pretty soon, I need him to go east, and they're headed west at a high rate of speed, all of them, calves and all. Like, this is like two weeks before – uh, weaning so this is good we're gonna run run them get get them aired out so uh sometimes you just gotta get them cattle aired out so they can they listen to you a little better so anyways i run them all the way to the back side of this trap and uh i say trap it's like 300 acres so <laughs> literally quite literally to the back corner where we run them and uh, i don't i don't say a word i'm not because i'm not screaming or nothing i'm pretty proud of myself i've grown i'm that's not even a joke like that's for real i didn't even say nothing so I'm pretty proud of myself. I didn't say nothing at the moment. Um, anyways, so we get these cows gathered, and I finally, by the time my dog and the cows get to the backside, he's got his tongue hanging out, so he's good and ready to listen. So anyways, that's kind of where I'm going to start today. And uh, 
it kind of it kind of just got me thinking just reading through first john and and this last week and tonight i've been reading through it and it's just got me thinking about a lot of things that god does in our lives from from start to finish of our of our walk and usually the finish of our walks when we get to heaven right and so we're still if we're alive and we have that heartbeat in our chest we're not done and god's not done with us right so we just have we still have a purpose on this earth if we are breathing right we still have something that God wants us to do. We still have something that God wants to work on us with. And that kind of takes me takes me to uh to something that my dad told me a long time ago about training horses. He said, This goes along right with those right with those dogs, is we don't we don't work on what's good, we work on what's bad. We don't work on what's good, we work on what's bad. Especially if we're practicing or or it's not game day or you're not it's not show day or whatever. We don't we're not gonna work on what's good, right? Every time we go to the practice pen, we're not going to go work on what's good. We're going to work on what's bad to try to get our horses or our dogs better. And sometimes I think that's what God does with us in our walks, our Christian walks, right? God sees our potential and does the same thing, except he doesn't work on what's good. He works on what's bad and what isn't like Jesus. What isn't like Jesus in us, he wants to work on in us. And I'll get to the reason of why that in a minute. But we all have potential based on our gifts. But unfortunately, you know, sin or bad decisions or sin slash bad decisions, they're, they're hand in hand. They're the same thing. Often hinder us from using those gifts because they're a distraction. And, and, and Satan uses us as a distraction from what God is really trying to do for us and in us. In First uh, John 2, it says, My dear children, I am writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin... We have an advocate who pleads our case before our Father. He is Jesus Christ. That is our advocate. The one who is truly righteous. He himself is a sacrifice that atones for our sins, and not only our sins, but the sins of all the world. He's made you right with God whenever we gave our life to him. That means all of our mistakes, all of our sins are washed away, right? We all know that. When we give our life to God, he wipes all of our sin away. But I love how John puts this here. It's, it's so beautiful because even though, and this is something I really want to clear up, is that you know a lot of common Christianity says that if you sin, you're, you're probably not going to heaven, right? There's a lot of that that's said, but that's not the case. When you give your life to Christ, you're going to heaven. But I love how John puts this here because he says there's still probably going to be sin struggles in our lives. But that's the encouragement that he makes right here. He, he encourages us and reminds us <clears throat> that no matter when we mess up, that we have a father that still loves us and sent his son to die for us. And we have a lawyer that's never lost a case because he, he, he literally gave his life for all of our mistakes. He never has. He's never lost a case when you're a believer. When you've given your life to him, he says, I don't remember your sins. I still love you. And I love how John puts that. <clears throat> he says, I'm writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have someone who pleads our case for us. That's grace, right? That's grace. And I think that's another thing that I can clear up too. Is there's there's going to be a lot of people that say, um, if you're a believer, then you shouldn't sin at all. Well, that means that you're perfect, right? And none of us in this room are perfect, right? None of us in this room are perfect. But that's the beauty of this too. And and I'll get to the reason. I'm going to get to more of that in a second. But one thing I want to say before that is uh, there's a difference between making mistakes and living in mistakes. 
there's a difference between living in sin and and sinning once or twice or sinning every now and then. And I'm kind of got to kind of going to get into that tonight and I hope, you know, whether you're a believer or not, I'd say most of everybody in here I know, pretty much everybody in here I know. <clears throat> I don't know where everybody is on their Christian walk. I would say pretty much everybody in here has probably given their life to Christ. So maybe this isn't for you. There's going to be points in here during the sermon for you guys, but there's also going to be points in here for non-believers, people who don't believe in Christ. And what you guys choose to do with that is your decision. You can take that, whatever you want to do, because you can either use that if you're a non-believer to ask these questions to yourselves, or you can take this as a believer and ask them to somebody else. But God doesn't work on what's good. He works on what's bad. So let's get on with that. <clears throat> Just as I said earlier about um, just a minute ago about there's a difference between uh, living in sin and sinning once, I love how John gives grace about that. He gives grace about that. But <laughs> then the next chapter, he literally says, um, in the next few passages, he literally says um, a few things that uh, removes the crutch from us. So he just gives us grace by saying that even though we sin every couple of times, that God gives us grace, right? And he still loves us. But I love how in the next passage, John makes the case that it can't be a crutch for us. God's grace can't be a crutch for us to just keep doing what's wrong. It can't. And the reason I say that, he doesn't come out and exactly say that this isn't a crutch, but what he says is to love one another. Right? In our scripture, it says that... Uh, uh, he will, the world will truly know that we are his disciples based on how we love one another. Right? Based on how we love one another. And I can't stress this enough. Uh, <clears throat> um, I got the wrong paper. But anyways, now I got the right one. Maybe I do. <laughs> yeah, and then this next passage talks about loving one another and being sinless, and that helps uh, beyond what most people can even comprehend. So Paul is, or John is literally talking about being sinless and not sinning, right? Even though that God has given us grace and never we make a few mistakes, it doesn't mean that it's our crutch to keep sinning, right? And this this next passage really goes into that because how can we say that we truly love other people whenever we keep sinning against them and keep sinning against God. How can we say that we love God and keep sinning against him and keep sinning against his people? As a Christian, you cannot say that they cannot say that you love people yet continue doing wrong. Out of all the sins that God talks about in the Bible, the ultimate reason why he says don't do them is because it shows that you don't love him and you don't love others. This means that this means you're not out for the kingdom of Christ which leads us into the next passage of literally not loving the world. I'm just going passage through passage through First John. I'm not writing this sermon. John is. This isn't me. This is John. This is God speaking through John to us, to me. In fact, John takes it another step further and warns about the Antichrist. Literally after the, the passage of loving one another, it says, do not love this world. And then he goes into talking about the Antichrist um, and that the end of the world is near, which is... In those days, honestly, people thought that John was crazy. They thought that John was crazy saying the world was fixing the end and that the Antichrist was near. And to be honest, we probably think the same thing today. I, I hope that we think a little less of it today, especially now that we're seeing what's happening in Israel. 
Especially, to, you know, Brad talked about this morning about what this continent is, what this nation is right now. It's easy to argue about what's not right in this, in this country, but it's so hard to talk about what Jesus is. We want to focus more on what's wrong in this country, but we don't want to focus on what's right and wrong through, through Christ. I don't know how many times we get people that literally come up to us after church. Tyler got cornered by a guy last week. We've all had our turn with this guy. But anyways, <laughs> he literally comes up and, and he will always tell us that we need to be preaching right-wing Christianity. Right-wing Christianity. Do you hear how that sounds? It's literally right-wing before Christianity. Like a little right-wing literally becomes become before Christianity. And to be honest... It really kind of, I'm not saying that we're on a side here. The only side we're on is God's side. And when we focus to, and we choose to focus on what God's side is and what the truth is of what our Bible is, right and left don't matter. When we do what God says, it don't matter. It don't matter right or left. Because he's the only one that has the absolute truth. <clears throat> that wasn't in the notes, but I kind of got off on that. But anyways... I don't know where everyone's at in their spiritual walks. If you're listening to this, maybe you're a non-believer. Um, maybe you're a believer. Maybe you're a baby believer. Maybe you're a mature believer. But I think this is something that you can get out of it for everybody. <clears throat> when I talk to a few people, I, I kind of stole a deal from Jonathan Pecluda, but I always ask, on a scale of 1 to 10, how sure are you going? are you sure that you're going to heaven? On a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being not so certain, 10 being absolutely certain. How certain are you Are you that you're going to heaven? And that's a question you can ask yourself. Most times if people say they're anything but a 1 or a 10, I'm asking them questions of why. Because <clears throat> there is no in-between. Our Bible says that when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that, you, that you're in a part nothing, that you did nothing to earn that, and that you are accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior, right? So whenever you accept Christ, you're going to heaven. That means you're a 10. You're all in. If you're if that you answered that question like a two through nine, then you have to ask yourself the question: Have you asked Have you asked Jesus in your life as your Lord and Savior? Where are you on that walk? Are you absolutely certain that you're going to heaven? Are you sure that you're Are you sure that you're not going to heaven? Do you want to go to heaven? If you don't want to go to heaven, or if you don't want to become a believer, and I've had this conversation with a few people here lately that don't go to Save the Cowboy or anything like that. They're actually friends that I've met outside of church. Um, but I ask them the question of, is there a problem with Christianity with Christ, or is it with a person who is a, a, supposedly a Christian? Because a lot of the times when somebody, when an unbeliever has a problem with God, it's usually with one of his people. That's just a point for an unbeliever. You can take that as it may. Where are you at your at on your walk? I don't know where you're at, but you do. If you're an unbeliever, what's stopping you? Come talk to us after the service. Or if you're online, give us a call at Save the Cowboy. <laughs> All of our numbers are online. But this is the next point for the believers. This is this is a point for myself. Me up here speaking. I'm I'm just as unworthy as anybody to be up here speaking. But this is the question I have to ask myself. Are you a believer who just can't seem to find God's purpose for you because you're on that roundabout doing the same things over and over again, losing hope that you'll never be able to get off of it by yourself? Are you? 
if you're here this morning, you talked, you heard Brad talk about hope. This is crazy that I, I was, I was going to probably, this was always going to be in my sermon. I just don't know where it was going to be. So it was crazy that Brad talked about hope this morning and I'm just going to bounce a little more off of that. But have you lost your hope because of the things that you're struggling with? I'm not talking about the individual sins. I'm talking about the stuff that you're addicted to, that you can't live without. Maybe it's relationships. Maybe it's maybe it's sex. I mean, there's no kids in here. I can say maybe it's sex. Maybe it's drugs. Maybe it's alcohol. Maybe it's being right all the time. Maybe it's arguing. Just arguing because you need drama. I don't know what it is for you. But what's holding you back as a believer? Our God is a God of second chances. It's a God of plan A's, right? I stole that from Bad this morning. I had this in here yesterday about God is a God of second chances. But God is actually a God of plan A's. Every plan is plan A. There's no plan B, plan C, plan D. He knew you were going to screw up. He knew you were going to mess up. That's why he sent his son to die for you. I don't know where you're at on your walk. And I just want to clarify one thing, and I'm going to land the plane here in a minute. But I just want to clarify what sin is. We learned this in one of our Bible studies. Sin is anything that is less than God's best for your life. It isn't to control you. It isn't to lord over you. It's to protect your heart. It's not only to protect your heart, but it's also to protect somebody else's heart as well. And just as I said earlier, the world will know we're his disciples by how we love one another. That's why it's so important for us to come to God and give us give him our problems and give him our sins and our addictions so that we can go out and love one another. Our God's main goal for our life is to spread his word. And it's so much easier. It's so much easier when you're not tripping over yourself. So whether you're an unbeliever, I don't know. I don't know. That's that's for you to decide. If you have more questions about that, get a hold of us. Or if you are a believer, what's holding you back? What's holding you back from your potential that God has for you? If you want to get to that, you know, get with us. Get with us and we'll get with you. I mean, we we'll, we work with everybody. It's been so much of an uptick. And I don't know if it's just the last few years that people are just starting to feel more comfortable with us coming out and just really um, asking for, for prayer and for love from us. Or if that we're just getting better about recognizing it and loving on people. But, man, we're doing so much counseling, even when we're not <laughs> professional counselors. Our counseling is mostly just praying with people and loving on them, right, encouraging them. But I don't know where you're at. And this is how I know that this is God's sermon, because I started in 1 John 1 and 2, chapter 2, and I'm ending in 1 John 5, the last chapter. 1 John 5, 5, and who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. That's your hope, guys. That's your hope. Sometimes the hope that God is trying to give you starts with getting rid of the roundabout that you're on. What's your roundabout? I was just talking to Ryan right before this, and I've been talking to quite a few people about this. Something's been on my heart a lot lately. But God doesn't save you just to watch you drown. He doesn't save you just to watch you drown. Right? He's not going to save you and say, okay, you're in heaven now. I'm just going to move on to the next person. No, that's not how it works. He wants you to get better. He wants you to get better because he loves you. He wants you to get better because if when you get better, your finances get better. Your relationships get better. 
everything in your life gets better. It's not to control you. It's because he loves you. And if that's not hope enough, man, come with me. Come after church and we'll we'll get through some stuff, man. Or call us. But our God is a God of hope and he's a God that wants to he wants to help you through stuff and he wants to give you clarity and he wants to give you love. But it's up to us to go through him. He's not going to save you just to watch you drown. That's not what our God is. That's contradictory to our God. That's not who he is. He wants to love you and he wants to love on you. So, anyways, that's all I got. Let's go to God in prayer. Lord, thank you so much just for who you are. Thank you so much just for sending your son to die for us. Lord, thank you so much for for, the, for knowing, Lord, that whenever we come to you, God, you will sustain us. First, Psalm 55, 22 says that uh, anybody who casts their burdens on you will be sustained. Psalm, or, uh, uh, 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your cares on the Lord, cast all your anxieties on the Lord, and he will care for you and he will care for you. Lord, give everybody the courage just to come to you so that you can care for them. And let them know that, that, that you're not mad at them, that you just want what's best for them. Lord, thank you so much for all these people who just showed up tonight just to hear your word and just hang out and get fellowship. Lord, thank you so much just for everything that you did this weekend through this fundraiser and just the selflessness of everybody else. Lord, we definitely know that people at Save the Cowboy are your people because we know that they love on people as well, not just inside these four walls of this building, Lord, but outside of them as well. We thank you and praise you, Lord. Be with us throughout this week. Amen.